Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Cam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns, No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I'm Renee. She's Tam. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I'm trying something new. There you go. Thank you for being with us here on another episode of All Turns, No Breaks. Uh, what a lot to talk about this week. How was your weekend, Tam? Did you have a good weekend? I went to go see The Boss. And I'm not talking about that boss, but I'm talking about Miss Diana Ross. Ooh, yes. Ooh. The lady boss. But yeah, no, I went to go see Diana Ross at the Hollywood Bowl. If you guys have never visited Los Angeles, the Hollywood Bowl is an outdoor pavilion. It's really nice. It's one of the few venues in America, I think, that you can still bring your own alcohol. <laughs> you can bring a picnic basket and alcohol. But nonetheless, got a chance to see the most amazing show with Miss Diana Ross, the boss she started the show by coming from the sky in an all red sequence outfit with a big gigantic red fur like only diana ross could do and she wow. sung all the old classics from motown she sung some of her best hits the one song she didn't sing that i love I'm coming out. No, that was her opening. She oh. came out to I'm coming out. <laughs> she came out. out to I'm coming out. All no, right. she didn't sing muscles, muscles. And if you guys don't know, Michael Jackson, rest in peace, actually wrote the song Muscles for Diana Ross. So I'll leave right. it at that. There we go. But it's one of my favorite songs. If you haven't seen her perform it, go to YouTube and Google Muscles Diana Ross live in Central Park. While she was singing, the ring was coming down. That's one of her biggest and most historic performances. Really? Yeah. So, listen, what a great and fantastic weekend we had of racing. Let's congratulate the number 20 car, Matt Kenseth, for his win. Let's congratulate ourselves. Yeah. Because... You know we should. You know why? Because <laughs> we both picked... Matt Genseth, but I know we both were picking Kyle Busch. No, we did. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. We did. What am I talking about? Scratch yeah. that. Kyle Busch was our pig, and Matt Kenseth was our dark horse. That is correct. And if you remember, I specifically stated this was the one time in All Turns No Breaks history that we're <laughs> probably going to agree. And we both agreed on our first pick and our dark horse, which that's was right. Matt Kenseth. It only took 11 episodes for us to uh, agree on something, or 10, rather, but uh, we did it. And um, so congratulations, Tam. Congratulations, uh, Renee. Thank you. I appreciate it. And we're patting each other on the back right now. Congratulations to the number 20 car, Matt Kenseth, for winning at New Hampshire at the New Hampshire Motor Speedway. He raced really well, and he found a way to pull away late from Tony Stewart to get into victory lane. He definitely needed to win this race. I don't think it was a necessity that he needed to win this race because he was doing really well in the point system. But I, I thought he did really well. He did just enough during the race that he kept himself in a position where he needed a little bit of luck, and a little bit of luck did help with Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch kind of fading late. And uh, I think a lot of the cautions that came about towards the end of the uh, race helped him out as well because it let him get into uh, a position where he could pull away from Tony Stewart and uh, finish the race and, and move into victory lane. So congratulations to number 20 and Matt Kenseth and his team. Yeah, I mean, I will tell you this. I was just sitting there reading Twitter like I often do. <laughs> if you guys right. follow us on Twitter at Turns No Breaks, I like to tweet during the race. 
Sometimes I jump on my personal account, but I mainly tweet from All Turns No Breaks. But with that being said, I'm sitting there tweeting, reading the tweets and, you know, like, oh, because I felt like I was getting a little tired. But that's another story. The eyes were getting a little heavy. But the ears were wide open when I heard Tony Stewart's name in third. I said, wait, what has happened? Where's Kevin Harvick? Where's (laughs) Martin Truex? What happened to Kyle Busch? I was like, Tony in third. I said, oh, it's about to heat up. Yeah. yeah. And then I searched Twitter to see what people were talking about. And like I always say each week, ladies love smoke. Because every lady on Twitter who loves smoke was loving smoke when they announced his name. But more importantly, what's funny is most people like myself was like, wait, did they make a mistake? Did the announcer, what was that? Then I realized, I said, wait, Renee and I took Matt Kenseth as our yeah. dark horse. Yeah. So I'm screaming at the TV. Yes, yes, yes. Go, go, go. Tony, Tony, Tony. I know. Then I was like, oh, wait, Matt Kenseth, Matt Kenseth. <laughs> and I was like, what happened to Kyle Busch? Where's Martin Truex? Yeah, I know. I was like, Jimmy Johnson, long gone. I mean, for that guy to set, have sat on the pole, I'm like, what happened to him? Yeah. With all that being said, oh, let's talk about Tony. Not that I haven't for the last 30 seconds, but uh, let's talk about Tony. Well, you know what? They say smoke will rise, and Tony has said smoke will rise, and it certainly has, because I can remember one of our earlier episodes that we did in the podcast. I believe that I specifically said that I didn't think Tony Stewart would win a race this year, and not because of anything other than I just think he wasn't going to win a race. He really hadn't been much of a factor in, in the last several seasons to begin with, But you know what? It's just like any sport and any kind of athlete. Sometimes later in your career, you just find a spark. You just find a way to make yourself relevant again. And Tony Stewart has done exactly that this year. I actually found myself, Tam, and I know obviously by what you just said, I was feeling the same way. When Tony Stewart got in that third spot, I was thinking to myself, there's a good possibility he could probably win this race. And then when he passes Logano, I'm going, he might win this race. I found myself rooting for Tony Stewart. I was like, I think I'm supposed to be rooting for Matt Kenseth. But you know what? A party you just goes, man, Tony Stewart, since he has won that race back in, in Sonoma. Uh, uh, yeah, in Sonoma, it seems like he's found this uh, fountain of youth or something. He really, really is on a roll. And it's and it's great to see. I think it's great for NASCAR. Yeah, I love it. Tony made me happy, but it also made me sad because I started to think, what's going to happen next year? Yeah. This is a podcast where we talk NASCAR and it's for fans by fans and on any occasion if I come across bias or if Renee comes across bias understand we're fans that's what this podcast is about this is not ESPN or Fox where people have to stay neutral we're fans and just so happened Tony Stewart is my favorite driver he is the driver that I fell in love with when I fell in love with the sport so to see Tony not be in the sport like Honestly, I don't know how I'm going to feel next year, but I'll tell you how I'm feeling right now. And that is exciting, (laughs) excitement, and whatever other verb you can say. I know. It's it's hard not to feel excited. And you know what? It is sad because you're thinking to yourself, how is this happening? Like Tony Stewart is like finishing these races in the top five and the top 10 and or winning the race. And you're going, how does this guy just quit all of a sudden at the end of the year, and just go into retirement? 
you're almost thinking like maybe there's a part of him that'll go, okay, you know what? I had a great end of the year. Let me go one more year. But I understand athletes' logical thinking where they go, you know what? Let me just go out on a nice ride at the top and then I'll just graciously retire and go into the sunset. He's turned over this new leaf and it's like he's he's like new smoke all over again. And by the way, not that he's old because he's in his 40s. I, I mean, I'm in my 40s, so I'm not oh, saying he's old by No age. comment. Women don't right. share okay, their there age. There you go. Right on. I will say this. I'm more so of the person that believes you ride off into the sunset, similar to how Tim Duncan rode off into the sunset. It wasn't a bunch of hoopla. He just kind of was like, oh, I think I'll retire and retired. Yeah. And I wish Smoke would have done that because now, even if he wants to come back, he already announced his retirement. Right, right. And what's really crazy is that he went from having bad luck to a lot of good luck. So now to retire, it's like, wait, you may have one more year in you. And you notice one thing about Tony after every race and during the race, he's having fun. Yes, he is. Fun. Yes, he is. Like he literally is having fun racing more than he ever has, I think, since the beginning of his career. Not wipe out what's happened the last several years, but let's just take this year by itself. And he is having a lot of fun. And it's good to see Tony Stewart sitting there in the top five finishing these races with a, a happy smile on his face. It's good to see. I, it, it's good for the sport. Well, one thing I was going to say, which kind of triggered my memory when we talked about bad luck, good luck, Martin Truex Jr. Oh, boy. This guy just seems to find problems one way or the other. This time it was his clutch uh, or his gear. Yeah, it was a well, little bit of everything, to yeah, be honest. I mean, I mean it, not only did it malfunction, but it, it literally just broke. Yeah, he had no clutch like broke. <laughs> and no shifter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do you have no clutch and no shifter? It was probably about 90 laps to go, something yeah. around there. He didn't have a shifter. Right. Then his clutch went out. And then when he came on pit road, the crew was trying to push him to start because yeah. I think he was stuck in fourth gear right. or something he like was. that. But it's like, wow, what else can happen to this guy? He ran very well. He was leading a lot of laps. It's very interesting because... Even though Jimmy Johnson sat on the pole, mm -hmm. this race quickly became all about Kyle Busch and Martin Truex right. Jr. Um, and either one of those two guys possibly could have won that race. But yeah, like but I they said, didn't. They, but... but they didn't, right. <laughs> Let's talk about Alex Bowman. Alex Bowman, who uh, replaced Dale Jr. As uh, all of you NASCAR fans know, Jr. was out uh, because of concussion-like symptoms that he was still having. Alex Bowman takes over for the 88 and actually ran pretty well in this race. Um, I don't know if anybody really understood what was uh, happening with uh, Alex Bowman in that car, but he was doing a great job. He was running eighth at the time that his car went down. He slams into the wall and um, tires go and after that he just never really could recover and he finished 16th i believe obviously he didn't finish in a place that he would have liked or the team would have liked but it was also nice that dale jr tweeted in support of alex bowman racing and actually you know trying to do his best so that was also really nice to see that dale jr tweeted that after the race it was pretty crazy for Hendrick Motorsports in general because Chase, along with Alex, were taken out with only 27 laps to go. Yeah. And then Jimmy didn't show up and do much. I mean, for him to be the pole sitter, I was hoping that he had a little bit of better finish than what he had. Right. I don't even think Jimmy finished in the top 10. Um, I don't believe he did. No. No. Did he finish? Okay, sure see, that that's the point. Finish. We don't even remember. How about that? But nonetheless, you know, great for the young guy, Alex. Actually, he did finish. He finished 12th. 
Oh, okay. Yes. But it's uneventful. Like, I mean, this is, we'll talk about this a little later, possibly. But it just seems like Hendrick has been uneventful all mm. year. Yeah. But, okay. Well, moving on. Keeping on with the youngins. Let's talk about Kyle and Chase and Austin and Blaney. <laughs> because we're going to talk about them each week. We may not give them a lot of our time, but we will mention them each week. As you guys know, we have our ongoing Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott watch based on some comments that Renee said in one of our first podcasts. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go listen to podcasts one through 10 and catch up, get up, get up with the times. Get on it. And as of late, we've been talking a lot about Austin Dillon and Blaney. Unfortunately, or fortunately, as I always say, however you look at it, we do compare Kyle Larson a lot to Chase Elliott, although we do understand one is a rookie and one is a sophomore. I don't know, for whatever reason, it just feels like they're racing against each other. But as of late, there's been a whole bunch of conversation about Chase Elliott and Blaney. Now, in my eyes, there's no competition. It's all about Chase. But, you know, the young guy Blaney can race. He's showing us some stuff that we didn't think that was there. Now, in regards to Austin Dillon, we just have to talk about Austin because that guy's a racer. I can't say he's my next Tony Stewart because there's something that I don't like, but I like about that guy. But I just like his attitude. If you listen to any of our podcasts, you know, (laughs) I'm all about the attitude. If you give me attitude, I like you. Yeah, there you go. And I think it's awesome to see all of these young guys in the mix uh, towards the end of the year. Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney, Austin Dillon, and Chase Elliott. It's nice to see. And now Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano are obviously young themselves. Uh, they've obviously been racing, though, yeah, a little bit I, longer. Yeah, but I don't but... know. I don't think we, we should consider Brad Keselowski young because he's 30. Well, he's 30. And Joey's but... 26. Well, and I Joey's been young. racing for many years, seven, right. I think. Yeah. Seven or eight at this point. So I don't really consider them young drivers. Well, that's true. I mean, they're kind yeah, of Yeah, I mean, like, like primes Brad Keselowski has already won won a championship yeah. come on maybe i'm looking at it through a uh, number wise i mean they're younger than i am so uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe uh so maybe that's why i put him in i that. mean pretty much everybody that's racing no i won't say that because mark martin retired he, well we're not that old but right, exactly <laughs> but yeah i mean because dale's 41 i'm not gonna tell you how old she is hey i'm not mark martin's age <laughs> <laughs> you better ask somebody <laughs> Okay, enough about the youngins. Let's talk about the old familiars. Kevin Harvick, he had a lot to say. You know, I love Kevin because Kevin will punch you in the face and then go hold hands with Keelan and go kiss his wife and go about his business. I like that guy. But um, he had a lot to say, which I thought was interesting. Just to read a couple of his comments, if you guys haven't heard already. And by the way, and if you're not up to par on what we're talking about, even though he finished fourth in the race on Sunday, he was really, really upset, and he talked to the press afterwards. And uh, Tam, uh, what did he he say? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of his quotes. One quote was, it sucks because the cars are plenty fast, but we are just not executing. That was one quote. Then he also went on to say, we just have to perform better. It's really going to have to come from the top. Hmm. And then the most famous quote of his little tantrum. Well, I can't say it was a tantrum, but he did have a lot to say. He said, I'm disgusted to tell you the truth. 
One comment I will, yeah, unquote. One comment I want to focus on is he said it really has to come from the top. What is he trying to say? Is he unhappy with his crew chief? Clearly, he's unhappy with his team. Yeah, because the, I think when you listen to that, you got to go, okay, that could come from the crew chief all the way down to the guy, like I said, who cleans the grill and watch <laughs> and cleans the window. So somewhere in between all of that, somebody's not doing their job. This weekend, we saw the ESPYs take place. What did you think about Kyle Busch coming home with Driver of the Year well, over my other guy, Lewis Hamilton? Wow. This might have been a popularity contest, maybe. I don't know. I think if you just... You really think that? Well, I think if people look out there and go, well, Kyle Busch, Hamilton, well, Kyle Busch's name is just more recognizable. Does that make any sense? No, that is so not true. No? Okay, first and foremost, there are more Formula One fans you know, you're right. I, than I there that. are NASCAR fans. Because right. Formula One is worldwide and everybody knows who Lewis Hamilton is. That's true. Even if they only knew who his girlfriend was, they know Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> you know what? That's a very good point. That's why Tam is the, the formula expert more than I am. So well, I'm not a Formula One we're not expert, an expert, but but you're right. I, that you is know, true. I'm worldwide, baby. That's, no, that, that, that <laughs> I'm international. Right, right. You're, you're <laughs> <laughs> Let's think about it. He missed a couple of races last year because he got hurt in Daytona. And then he had the broken leg, the broken foot, couldn't walk. And then he came back. And he came back strong. So why shouldn't he have won? Yeah, well, I'm not saying he shouldn't have won. I totally agree with that, surprisingly. Then I think the way he came back from those injuries and not only just won like a race or two. I mean, he literally, he dominated the last part of that season. He dominated those races. And I think that was fantastic to watch. Okay, Uh, well, I want to switch notes. What did you think about Jeff Gordon's SB snub? And if you guys don't know, he was not mentioned when they mentioned all the players and athletes that retired. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that that he got snubbed like that. I didn't realize that he wasn't named in part of that retirement group. Man, did they really? Yeah, I mean, they mentioned Peyton. They mentioned everybody but Jeff. They mentioned Peyton, Kobe, the soccer girl. I mean, that's that's kind of a slap in the face. Well, I mean, think? they did lose their contract or stop, you well, know, I don't know. Because, <laughs> I mean, they don't show the races that. anymore. I mean, the contract was a No, it's just a slap in the face. Well, I know, think it is. Even before I became a diehard NASCAR fan, I knew who Jeff Gordon was. Yeah, like, that's here. the Rainbow Warrior. Yeah. Okay, because I'm going to tell my age. Way back in the day when I used to watch the TV show Mark and Mindy. Do you guys know that show, Mark and Mindy? I loved Mark and Mindy. I love Mark and Mindy. I mean, I'm going to tell you. Nanu, Nanu. I grew up watching the Dukes of Hazzard, Archie Bunker, the Jeffersons. Yeah. I like all those old shows. Cause Three's Company was one of my favorites. Yeah, Three's oh, Company, I The Love Boat, that Gilligan's Island. I yeah, also like... Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island. Yeah, but I, I it's interesting uh-huh. because I think now, I think back now, and I'm like, dude, Archie Bunker would never have been on TV now Ooh, because we're I so know. politically correct. Big time. And I enjoyed the Jeffersons. Oh, my God. I, I've watched Sanford and Son all the time, and I laugh out loud. When I was growing up, the rainbow, to me, was always associated with Mark and Mindy. And then as I got a little older, 
I remember it as DuPont and that NASCAR guy, because when I wasn't into NASCAR, right. Jeff Gordon was the NASCAR exactly. guy. I don't understand as many good years as Jeff Gordon brought to the sport. He was good for the sport. How mm-hmm. ESPN could snub him like that and forget about him. Luckily, his friend, his new friend, Brad Keselowski stuck up for him. I'm not yeah. going to say what Brad had to say, but if you guys go to Brad's Twitter account, he had a lot to say about the ESPYs and them not to acknowledging Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon. So on that note, we're going to move on. I think we should talk about Dale Jr. As you guys know, Dale Jr. was not in the race, and it's because of concussion-like symptoms that he's still having. It's good to let people understand how important this is because concussion symptoms could linger for weeks, even a month. I have a medical field background myself. I used to work in the cafeteria at the hospital. And I'm going to tell you something. I hear a lot of things in the hospital. You used to work at the cafeteria? <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. No. Yeah, I'm like, no, don't. <laughs> I was no. wondering if you were going to catch that. Yeah, I was uh, going to catch that. I'm like, wait, what? No, this guy no. has his license. and I have a license to be an x-ray tech uh, in the hospitals. Uh, I've been working uh, as an x-ray tech for 16 years. So over time, you kind of learn about some of the things and concussions really really are very important and they're just nasty symptoms to deal with because you're dealing with nausea you're dealing with dizziness still and if anybody's ever been dizzy or nausea or a concussion like symptoms you know it's not any fun just a terrible thing to, to deal with but obviously Dale Jr. is still dealing with these symptoms, so he was out. And not that he was having a fantastic year already, but this doesn't help anything. If you listen to episode 10, we dedicated almost 30 minutes to talking about what's wrong with Dale Jr. Now we have the answer. He's concussed. Yeah. You know, it's really sad. I guess we should talk about the implications of Dale possibly retiring, how it affects the sport. Well, how does it affect fans? It would be interesting to see that fans even tune in. I don't know much about Alex Bowman, and clearly Dale and Mr. H, as in Hendrick, they chose Alex. I don't think Alex would have been my choice. I don't feel as if his personality is big enough to live up to driving the number 88. Well, that's like Michael Jordan out with flu-like symptoms and you tell the guy on the end of the bench going, hey, you're substituting for Michael Jordan. You're going to be running the show. I mean, those are huge shoes to fill. Uh, So I totally get it. And I'm trying to just use an analogy of how big Dell Jr.'s shoes are to fill. Well, let me say this. Very important to this I mean, we know, not to cut you off, Renee, we know Chase could not get in the 88. Right. But if Chase would have got in the 88, it would have had... It would feel better. Yeah, right. I I understand what you're saying. Alex, no disrespect to Alex, but Alex who? Yeah, exactly. I just didn't feel that he had a presence. But now that we know there are some issues, and hopefully this is not Mm career-threatening, but it's now on the minds of junior fans and Hendrick, who can fill those shoes? Exactly. And just on a... Again, sorry to cut you off, but Mm -hmm. how is it going to affect the sport? We're already teeter-tottering with fans being fed up, and enough is enough. Yeah. We are still hanging on by a thread to some of the old senior fans Mm -hmm. that became junior fans. Right. But what happens when junior's gone? This week, it would be interesting to see the viewership. Was viewership down? Were people tuned out because Dale wasn't in the eighty eight? Yeah. Where do you go from here? Like, 
Going back to what I said earlier about Tony Stewart, I'm not quite sure who I'm going to root for next year. Now, I love Clint Boyer because he has personality, as I always yes, he say. Does. But I don't know if Clint is my next in line to root for when Tony's gone. Yeah. So who's next in line for a Dill Jr. fan to root for? Boy, or do they a, tune out? Yeah, that's a man, that's a huge question for NASCAR to figure out. That's a huge question for uh Dill Jr. fans to figure out. You know, he's so important to this sport and with Tony Stewart retiring at the end of the year, that's one thing. But can you imagine if Dale Jr. to retirement because of this particular issue? That would be disastrous. You yeah, know, because, because you lost Jeff, then it, Tony, and then Dale. Right. And and I'm sure Dale is not by any means wanting his career to end this way. I could almost guarantee you that he doesn't want it to end this way. And I know there's a lot of talk about that, but that's how important and, and, uh, and how scary these concussion symptoms are. I mean, let's look at it from an NFL point of view now. Obviously, this is a different sport and a lot more contact as far as human being to human being. But, you know, when you're driving over 200 miles an hour and you slam into a wall or you have a wreck, I think that beats two football players going head to head. You're talking about very high speeds and just a very minimal space to, uh, you know, be in that can protect you. Uh, either way it goes, I really hope Dale Jr. a speedy recovery and I hope things get better. And I would love to see this guy back on the track. Well, Mr. Hendrick says he's, quote, very hopeful, unquote, and that he doesn't see Dale's current situation as being career threatening. Right. So we're going to hold on to that. But again, you never know what something like a concussion. Right. Going into next week, there's been talk, or has actually been confirmed by Mr. Hendrick himself, mm -hmm. that the Rainbow Warrior, the number 24, is going to get behind the wheel of the number 88 That's in right. the event that Dale can't go. And we ain't talking about uh, the new 24. We're talking about the old 24. <laughs> yes, Jeff Gordon is likely to substitute and drive for the 88 car. How do you feel about that? You know what? It's exciting, but at the same time, do you go, does Jeff Gordon come back and then end his career like that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And probably that really doesn't mean anything. Maybe I'm just making something out of nothing. No, it, it means something. Yeah. It, does, it sounds weird because we know that Jeff Gordon has ownership stake and a lot of stuff and JR Motorsports mm -hmm. and Hendrick, everything over there is intertwined. Right. But Dale is 88 and Jeff is 24. Right. I don't know if I like Jeff Gordon coming back to race in the 88. Because what if this is his last race? He ends his career officially in the number 88? I don't, yeah. I don't it, like that. It sounds weird, but in a way I can understand why he would come back. Because he should have never left. That's why oh, he's no, that's coming true. back. Right, exactly. He uh, left to go in the booth. If you're going to come out of retirement and drive for anybody, why not the 88? Why not Dale Jr.? That's the way I look at it. I'm going to let my true feelings hang out. In the ideal world, and mm, we talked about this two years ago when we were on another podcast mm -hmm. with a good friend of ours, Daryl Wright talks NASCAR a lot on Fox Sports. I've hoped and wished and prayed that Bubba Wallace went to Hendrick. Mm -hmm. I was actually happy that Bubba Wallace at the time was at Joe Gibbs racing, but when the talk creeped up that he may leave Joe Gibbs, I was like, yes, he needs to go to Hendrix. Yeah. But of course we know Chase filled in for the Rainbow Warrior, what have you. It would be awesome if Bubba was running for JR Motorsports and Xfinity 
But somehow, some way in the back of my head is always a wish, a hope, and a prayer that Bubba ends up at Team Hendrix. Yeah. Saying all that to say, just think about the possibility. I mean, and it would never happen because not even to speak negatively, but junior fans would have a heart attack. People would not be happy. Yeah. But it would make me happy because he has a big enough personality to fill in for the number 88. Yeah. When I think about Xfinity drivers that have big personalities that could drive the number 88, there's only Bubba. And I actually like Daniel Suarez as well. But let's take a moment to really reflect. Who currently running in Xfinity has a big enough personality to pop up to Cup Series Mm, and make an impact? Yeah. You know, you have Ty Dillon who races really well. But he doesn't have the personality of his brother, Austin. Yeah. Think about it. Who can move up the ranks to fill in for the 88? Or when Dale's done, do we just retire the 88? Well, those are all good questions. Uh, if you have answers to those questions that Tam just presented, please hit us up on our social media. We'd like to hear what your thoughts are. Do you have somebody that you think that could fill those shoes? I'd like to know. Uh, Tam would like to know. We both would like to know. So please hit us up and let us know what you think. We'd like to know what you're thinking as well. A little input uh, and a little feedback. We always really appreciate. So please do that. Well, let's go into our fan comment of the week. This week's comment comes from my main man, ladies love him, Smoke. Smoke actually said, and this is, I caught this on his radio because I, I, I talk about it each week. I love to listen to his radio because he's pretty interesting. He said, quote, it's a lot easier to race up here with guys you trust, unquote. Drop the mic. What do you think about that comment? Wow. I, <laughs> I was, um. Tony, what were you trying to say? Yeah, it's like reading between the lines, figure out what I'm trying to say. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, let's just keep it 100. What he was trying to say was that he likes racing with familiar faces. Yeah. He likes racing with, I I don't even like to call them old school drivers, but his generation of drivers. Yeah. He likes racing with the Kevin Harvick's, the Greg Biffles, the Matt Kenseth's. And I found it interesting because... He was near Joey Logano when he said that. But we all know that there was a little history there between Stewart and Logano. Yeah, because, you so. know, when they were racing and they were battling, I was like, what if Joey pulls a Joey and bumps Tony? Yeah, which, which he could have done. Yeah, Tony would have got out. <laughs> I think Joey was like, you know what? It would have been over. NASCAR would have I'm going to let Tony, Tony go because this is his last year and I won't have to see him anymore on the racetrack or in my rearview mirror uh, or in front of me uh, from here on out. So I, I totally get what. I, you know, no, Tony wouldn't have been probably a good decision, Joey, that you let smoke just pass you up. Was that Indianapolis a couple of years ago? I forgot what track that was. Yeah, Tony I, was I, I don't pissed. recall what track that was, but he he, boy, he, he was, wanted to he rip his, told a new Joey Lowe something, something, something. Yeah. Speaking of Indianapolis, it's time for predictions. Predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's race predictions. My predictions kind of go based on feel, and I like to do a little bit of history, but not that much. It's just like I like to go with who's been driving well lately, who's kind of like got some momentum going for them a little bit. And I think that was one reason why, like I said last week, of why I was picking Kenseth and Kyle Busch at the same time. Oh, man, I, I could feel it. They're they're due. They've been racing pretty well, and which is why I'm going to pick this particular driver 
right now. And I think because of what happened and what he said after this particular race, I am going to go with Kevin Harvick. And the reason why I say Kevin Harvick is because I think he's so upset at the way things have been. I think his team is going to respond. It's not like Harvick has been racing horrible. He's been right there. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Kyle Busch as my dark horse. Okay, Renee's going with Harvick. He's a Harvick man. Yep. I feel like you go with Kevin Harvick almost every week. I don't know. Do I? I might have to go look at my history. <laughs> okay, so you guys know the drill. As I do each week, I give you a little history. Today's history lesson, boys and girls, the past five winners at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. In 2011, we had Paul Menard. When was the last time we heard that name? Wow. 2012, we had Jimmy Johnson. And a little side note, I was there kissing the bricks when Jimmy Johnson won in 2012. 2013 was Ryan Newman. I was also there kissing the bricks when Ryan Newman won in 2013. 2014 was Jeff Gordon, a Rainbow Warrior. And 2015 was Kyle Busch. I also like to give you guys a little of the Xfinity history because I feel as if it is pertinent. So 2012, we had Bad Brad Kozlowski. 2013, Kyle Busch. 2014, Ty Dillon. And 2015, we had Kyle Busch. So if you guys didn't understand that, in 2015, Kyle Busch pretty much dominated, or he did dominate at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So now that you're on the edge of your seat, Filled with all this knowledge, let me drop some more knowledge on you. My picks are very simple and clear. I'm going with smoke. Ladies love smoke. I'm going with Tony Stewart. And if you ask him why, because Tony is on a high. It's his last race. He's one of the only drivers from Indiana who still lives in Indiana. Why not? Why not go with smoke? He won two or three races ago, top five week before last and second last week. Why not first this week? So my pick is Tony Stewart, and my dark horse, of course, is going to be Kyle Busch. Kyle was there last week. I don't know what happened. <laughs> he just caught some bad luck with some mechanical issues. This guy dominated last year. He could have swept New Hampshire last week, but he didn't because right. of the issues. <laughs> I feel like he's going to come back with a vengeance, and he is my dark horse. Right on. So we can at least agree once again for two weeks in a row, at least on a dark horse. Well, this is another episode of All Turns No Breaks. We appreciate you listening to each and every week as uh, we always do. We're here after the races. Please hit us up on all our social media. You can also hit us up on our personal social media. And Tam, where can they find you? Where can they find us? You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. We haven't put out our first Snapchat, but that's because we haven't been to any races yet. Like you, we are fans watching it on TV. Mm -hmm. We'll get to some races soon, but right now, both Renee and I's schedule does not allow for us to pretty much travel. The last race I was at was Talladega, and then I'm actually getting ready to go out the country. But when I get back, we will be at some races. So you can check us out on Snapchat and Periscope when we get to those races. If you guys are listening to the show on iTunes, keep in mind you can also listen to the show on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, Google Play, where every place we need to be. So find us. And where can they find you on your own personal you social media? You can find media? me 
at I am sincerely Tam. Again, I am sincerely Tam across everything. Awesome. And you can also find me on my personal social media, my Snapchat, my Instagram, and my Twitter handles are all the same at It's Renee Garcia. Please hit me up at I T S R E N E G A R C I A at It's Renee Garcia. I just want to thank each and every one of you guys for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate the support. Once again, we know this is a crazy time in our world right now. A lot of things going on all over the country, all over the world, ladies and gentlemen. Please be safe, be careful, be kind to each other. Good vibes. Good Good vibes, good vibes. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 